Hey, everybody, and welcome into the Eye on the Tigers podcast. I'm Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, joined by Dave Matter. Coming to you uh, long distance range uh, this week. I'm down here in Florida covering Cardinals spring training. Dave is in Columbia getting ready to go to Indianapolis to cover Mizzou, Oklahoma. March Madness, this is going to be the March Madness edition of the podcast, Dave. And let's be honest, we're recording this at about uh, midnight because it's probably the only <laughs> it's the only time we can get our schedules to to sync up, you're you're swamped with uh, the tournament coverage. I'm down here covering Cardinals baseball like crazy, and this is about the only time we could figure out where we could link up for the podcast. But we wanted to make sure we had one out for NCAA tournament. Missouri back in the tournament. Um, couldn't get off that 8-9 line. Um, nope. The Tigers nope. get Oklahoma, and we're going to dig into that. We're going to go through our brackets. We're going to talk March Madness as a whole, but first of all, Thanks for staying up, man. Sorry for uh, sorry this this uh, this was scheduled so late here. <laughs> all good, all good. I'm wide awake. Let's do this. It's it, it's it's really it's the most exciting time of the year for for college hoops. And not to get too corny before we start digging into Mizzou, Oklahoma. It is nice, even in a weird form that it is in Indianapolis, to have March Madness back. Right? I mean, it, this is this, oh, this is what it's all about. Absolutely. I'm just watching the selection show. Was. I mean, it seemed like it'd been more than two years since we watched one, you know, it just, it, it, it's so fun. It's such a, it's such a staple of this time of year and the schedule and it's just the rituals that go along with it and printing off the bracket, filling out the bracket, all of that, that, you know, is just, it's just part of the, it's just, it's just part of not the job, even just go back to when I was a kid and you're filling them out. I make my kids fill them out. They don't know where half these schools are from. Um, or they, they could care less. They like the names that sound cool or they ask which mascots they like. And um, no, but it's, it, it's great to have it back. And it's, it's weirder than ever. The teams are all bottled up into hotels in Indianapolis right now. And they're doing the bubble thing and they're secluded in their rooms, basically playing video games and practicing a little bit every day and hoping they don't get COVID. So it is bizarre. Um, they're sacrificing for our entertainment and for, um, you know, for the country to enjoy college basketball, but, this is great. This is what it's all about. There's a conversation going on about college basketball right now. Yeah. Maybe it might pop up a little bit more during the tournament. Some players pushing back against, uh, you know, some of the conversations going on around name, image, and likeness. And if there should be this million, billion dollar, um, you know, racket that is college sports profiting off of players. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. I want to get your thoughts on, on this movement that we could see pop up um, in, in, college, in college basketball's, you know, one shining moment. Um, some players saying, hey, you know, we need to rethink how we're doing this. We'll talk about that. Also wanted to tell people to get involved with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch Bracketball 2021. This thing can win you, I think, up, up to a million dollars. Now, Dave, I don't think you and I win a million dollars if yeah, we win. Because we're quote-unquote VIPs, which all that means is that we don't <laughs> get – that mean? All, that, all that means is that we don't get the money if we win, and also people get to mock us for – how terrible our bracket picks turn out. But I wanted to give people a chance to win some money here. Just go to stltoday.com. You'll see, you cannot miss the, the landing page for the, the million dollar bracket ball challenge. Click on that. You can see our picks. You can enter your own. You can invite folks. Um, it's going to be fun. And we'll be able to kind of track it throughout the, uh, throughout the tournament. It's always fun on our staff to see who's uh who's winning, I, of course, usually finish close to last. I like to pick too many upsets. Um, we'll get into our brackets here in a little bit and see if Dave 
is the same. Dave, let's dive in here, though, to this matchup. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, an old Big 12 foe, Missouri versus Oklahoma. Two kind of similar teams. Um, Oklahoma, what, lost, I think, six of their last seven games or five of their last six? Five of the last six, yeah. Five of their last six, although playing in a tougher conference. But then the news um, that uh, they're going to be without a pretty important player, Devion Harmon, their second leading scorer this season. He's not available because he's in COVID quarantine here. This is a compelling matchup for all kinds of different reasons. Yeah, it really is. I mean, these are two of the most evenly matched teams in the bracket, at least according to this committee. You know, they see these teams one through 68, Oklahoma's 32 and Missouri is 33. So once you get the, the first four out and you get it just down to 64, these two are the exact midpoint of the bracket. So they are the, the definition of average as far as what the committee saw at least. And I think, you know, I, I think you could make a case that Missouri got shafted with their seating. I really think you can because they're nine and four against the field. Every team that they lost to in the field outside of LSU, they then beat. Um, they beat six conference champions. The problem was all the success was early on in the year and not a lot of it other than that Florida win was late in the season. And even though the, the committee took out their last 10 games criteria about a did, decade but ago, did, but they didn't, they but don't. they didn't, they, they may not figure it into their calculations, but just the, the human element part of evaluating these teams, I think it took into play because if you look at, I did the math. If, if you look at the six, seven, eight, and nine seeds, that's, that's 16 teams. The two teams with the worst record in the last 10 games was Oklahoma and Missouri. So they are the two that kind of crawled to the finish line, but they did enough during the regular season to get here. Uh, Oklahoma plays in a better conference, no doubt. And their losses, almost all of them were really close. Um, they had one really bad loss to Kansas state could kind of equate that to Missouri's loss to Georgia. Um, they had good wins over West Virginia. They beat Alabama um, in the, in the uh, SEC big 12 showdown challenge, whatever we call that without their two best players. They had a couple guys out, Austin Reeves. They're really good. All big 12 point guard. Um, so they have good wins and uh, not too many bad losses, but just, they, they struggle to close out games. And uh, I think this sounds is familiar. Really, it does. Uh, it is. I, but I think it's a really evenly matched game. I, I really do. I think it, I think it could be one of the best. eight, nine games are supposed to be, you know, that's, that's why they see them that way. So I think this could be a pretty good game. You gotta go back all the way to like, what is it? 85 when a, an eight seed won the, uh, the national uh, championship, I think it was Villanova. It's been yeah. done before, but you know, whoever wins this game has to play Gonzaga. Yikes. Scary. Yeah. But also house money, right? So, so maybe you uh, you get to go and get a chance to slay Goliath if you win. Oklahoma's interesting, a for the big for the Big Twelve rivalry of the past, right? There's been some great clashes with Oklahoma over the years. So that you know, folks of a certain age, most of which remember watching Missouri in the Big Twelve, they're going to remember you know regular games against Oklahoma. So I think that makes it fun. But also, there are guys on this team, Dave. People forget. A lot of guys on this team got their tail kicked by Oklahoma. Yeah, this last season, in that it was the, it was the uh, the Hall of Fame Invitational in right. Kansas City, the College Basketball Hall of Fame, and people forget that was when Missouri went there, and all kinds of stuff was swirling. It was right when the NCAA penalty dropped. Yep, 
Jim Sterk had that fiery press conference at the at the Sprint Center. You and I are both there where he really shook his fist at the NCAA and had the memorable line along the lines of something like, if we did everything right and if this is how the NCAA punishes us, then then, then why would anyone uh, you know play by the rules? Which Oops. is kind of like thrown down the gauntlet, Jim Sterk was. I remember that everybody thought Barry Odom was gonna get fired. It was, it was the attention was not on basketball, despite there being a basketball tournament going on in Missouri did not do anything to change the topic. They got they got crushed by Butler there and they got stomped out by, by Oklahoma. So there should be a, a familiarity with this Oklahoma team to some degree. And there should be some a little bit of revenge factor if if the tournament wasn't enough, which it should be. These guys should yeah. know each other a little bit. Yeah, they should. And and you know, a couple key players are back for this Oklahoma team. They've added some some transfers, but Austin Reeves is their point guard, transferred from Wichita State. He actually played against Drew Smith back in the Missouri Valley uh, when Drew was at Evansville and Reeves was at Wichita State. So they've gone at each other three times before. Reeves has won every game, but Drew Smith has had probably the better numbers. He played more at Evansville than Reeves did at uh, Wichita State. And then the big guy, they're, they're really their only big, is Brady Manick, 6'9", um, perimeter player. He's kind of like the big guy at Arkansas, Connor Vanover, not as tall. He's like 7'3" but he's a three point shooter that plays outside who is also there happens to be their tallest player. He hit some early threes against uh, Tillman and then Tillman got some fouls trying to cover him out on the perimeter and Lon Kruger just kept going back to it, kept going back to it. And I, I think that's going to be a big key on Saturday. I, I did a, I'll write this for later in the week, but I talked to uh, some different assistant coaches around the big 12 about what the key to this game is. And they said, it's it, as good as Austin Reeves is the key is manic. You know, he is, he's a, 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 he's their big and he's their three point shooter and they can dictate games with how he is playing, but also you as the opponent can dictate how the game goes, how you play him. Or if you take him out of the game, he, you know, he's not going to be able to guard Jer Jeremiah Tillman inside. Um, but if you take him outside on offense, you can, you can get Tillman into some foul trouble. So really, really interesting cat and mouse game. And, you know, Lon Kruger is such a respected coach. He he uh, he didn't coach long in the NBA, but he runs a lot of NBA stuff. And coaches really respect him for his kind of offensive arsenal that he pulls out. So I, I think it's a it's a really interesting kind of X's and O's game too. Oklahoma too, without Devin Harmon. Now this guy was yeah. averaging 13 points a game, um, and he had had some big games lately. He wasn't all that good in there. In their in their Big 12 tournament game, but before that he had scored he had scored 18 against Iowa State and then been in really double digit scoring pretty much all through conference play. Um, yeah. This is a, this is a pretty significant loss for the Sooners without without Harmon. I mean that's that they, that should be a, a factor in this game. Yeah, they've got some other perimeter players that Lon Kruger basically said are going to have to split up the minutes to replace him. He he's plays. I mean he averages like 32 minutes a game, but it it been it was closer to 40 here lately. Um, they don't play a lot of guys, and um, yeah, this is this is a, a tough blow for them. It would be like Missouri losing either Drew Smith or Xavier Pinson. I mean, one of their key key backcourt guys, and obviously that would really throw things off for Missouri. But we'll see. They've had COVID losses, uh, you know, kind of COVID casualty roster losses during the season, so this is not new for them, and they adjusted then. Um, so we'll see how they adjust now. I mean, Kruger's been around long enough that he's not going to flinch at this too much, um, but it definitely throws off, you know, the dynamics of their team. Oklahoma's favored by one point. It went down. It was two, and it went down to one after the 
the Harmon news. Um, I mean, you and I have sat here on this podcast and talked a lot about, you know, the same things that Missouri needs yeah. to do. If, if Tillman does not kind of rise to the occasion here, um, I think it's going to be tough for them. If he shows up like the best version of Jeremiah Tillman, I could see Missouri, you know, not only beating Oklahoma, but, but, you know, throwing a puncher's chance at, at, at Gonzaga, why not? But I think so much, you don't want to put so much of it on one guy, but they're just a different team when he's, when he's being, when he's playing at his best and we haven't seen his best in a while. What are you, what are you hearing about Jeremiah kind of where he's been and, and, and where he's at entering this tournament? Plus you throw in the curveball of the fact that these guys should be sitting around in a hotel room, Dave, playing Xbox for, for days. I don't know yeah. how any team's going to come out fired up after that kind of setting. Yeah, I, I would think teams are going to look rusty early on, not just Missouri, but everybody. Um, but but then again, Conzo said he really liked the fact that they're going to be able to practice here for a while. They haven't, during SEC play, you don't get a lot of time to really practice and work on scouting reports, work on your own problems. And, and you don't really have time to, you know, address the things that are bogging you down. And so now they've had that time. Excuse me. We'll see how they come out of it. Um, you know, they've they've had pauses this year or they've had breaks in the schedule. And early on, they really struggled when they came back. Remember, I think it was against Bradley. They almost lost that game. Then later after their COVID pause, they came out of that. And granted, it was against South Carolina, but they looked really sharp. So you just don't really know what you're going to get. I agree. Tillman's a huge key because not many teams have a guy like him. I mean, right. there are Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson's and Mark Smith's out there. I mean, there are good players. Drew and X especially, but they're not that unique. Jeremiah is really unique. There's not many 6'10", 260-pound centers in college basketball these days who have played four years of college basketball who, uh, who can do the things he can do when he's at his best. But when he is not at his best and Arkansas can throw five guards out there and still outplay them, um, you know, you're not going to beat many teams. And, and they, they've learned that this year. It's Missouri versus Oklahoma, Missouri the nine, Oklahoma the eight. It's Saturday. Dave's going to be there in Indianapolis, full coverage, stltoday.com, and in the pages of the Post-Dispatch. And, uh, and there will be basketball, man. It's, it's not going to be that Thursday start that we're, that we're used to. Yeah. But, uh, they had to change things around a little bit because of COVID, but it's going to start hot and heavy um, starting on, on Friday all over Indianapolis. It's going to look different, but it's going to be better, certainly better than than not having it. Dave, let's start with this West. Let's let's break our brackets out. All right. Let's start with the let's start with the West region. Um, this is the one, of course, that Missouri is in. Gonzaga is the one seed. Who do you who do you have emerging out of the West? How far are you taking the Tigers in your uh, in your bracket submitted to uh, STL today? I had Missouri beating Oklahoma. I didn't feel great about it, but I had them winning that game. That I felt a little better after the uh, the Harmon news. So I'll give them their first win. It will. It would be Missouri's first NCAA tournament win since 2010. And I don't want to spoil my own story, but can you can you guess how many Division One teams have won an NCAA tournament game since Missouri's last win? What? Oh, just God. just take a guess. Since 2010. Oh man, a hundred. <laughs> I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. Hold on. I did the math today. 127. Yeah, I knew it would be high. 
That's pretty wild, man. 120. And we're talking lots of mid-majors, too. We're talking Ivy League schools that have won multiple games in the tournament. Um, it's It's been a long time. So if they get it, if they get that on Saturday, no matter the circumstances, no matter how many points Gonzaga may win by on Monday, it's definitely a step in the right direction for this program, something they haven't done in over a decade. Yeah, so I've got Missouri winning there. That next round, um, I don't love Creighton or the next next game down. I don't love how Creighton finished the season. Uh, I picked an upset there with Santa Barbara. Virginia, man, I, they're in that next game against Ohio. I, I got Ohio going Sweet 16. I, I don't feel great about Virginia because they had the COVID pause. They had to pull out of the ACC tournament. They can't practice until, I think, Friday. And uh, Ohio is uh, – they, they play pretty well. Bobcats down the stretch. Jason Preston is one of the better players in this conference or in this, in this tournament that people don't know about. So I've got a MAC team going to Sweet 16, which means they'll lose in the first round. But <laughs> I, That's I a deep like run them. for a 13 seed, man. Hey, man, I, that, that's my upset of the, of the tournament there. Okay. I, I dig it. I've got, uh, I've got Gonzaga, of course, over, uh, over um, I assume that will be Norfolk State because it's just, if there's any chance it could be, um, if there's any chance it could be a Missouri-Norfolk State meeting, you know, it has to happen. How about that? I got, I got Gonzaga taking care of business. Um, I do have Gonzaga beating Missouri. I have Missouri beating Oklahoma as well. I went, I went with Creighton and Virginia. I took, I took chalk there and I got Gonzaga taking, uh, taking Creighton. Um, out of out of the West to advance, um, so nothing too crazy there. Um, I do I do like Missouri to beat Oklahoma. I, I think they I think they're going to rise to the occasion here. I, I really do. We've seen them stoop to play down to the level of bad teams, um, but we've also seen them be really good. I mean, this team has beaten nine teams that are in this field. You mentioned it earlier, and it leads me to my 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 rant here. Look, I grew up watching Missouri basketball. I've covered it for, for on and off for a long time. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm, it's not like revealing the, the curtain here. Everyone in my family is a Missouri basketball fan. Um, I have, I don't understand where some of these fans became so detached from reality. Um, you know, I got people asking me, well, you know, what does Conzo have to do to prove, you know, that this team is, that, that he's the right guy to lead this team? I'm like, what are you not watching? I mean, I think Missouri had nine conference wins, maybe less than that, actually, maybe eight conference wins, talking about SEC wins in the three seasons before he came on board here. This program was, was one of the least competitive power five basketball programs in the country. And here they are in the tournament for the second time. There's only been three tournaments to go to because one of them got bagged. Um, it's okay to want the team to be better and be frustrated with how it played at times, but I think some people are, are really uh, have an out of focus view of how bad things were, how much things have improved. And I, and I think there's a chance for, for Zoe to really get some um, interesting recruiting going this offseason with already what, 100 more, 100 plus transfers in the, uh, in, in the transfer portal. So yeah. Missouri fans need to kind of think of the big picture sometimes. And, and uh, if they if they are able to beat Oklahoma, I think it's a I think it's a pretty good win and a, and a pretty big thing for for Conzo as he tries to get this program back to where everybody um, who you know who cheers on the Tigers wants it to be. And here's the other thing: it's great to be going up against Gonzaga. I, I really do believe that because here's the deal: you're 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 going up against Goliath. Everyone expects you to lose. That's a play. That's a play-free situation. 
Um, yeah. I would, if I'm a coach, if I'm a, if I'm a team, if I'm a fan, whatever I am, I'd much rather have my team face the number one than, than Norfolk State. <laughs> because nobody remembers when you lose to Gonzaga. Um, and, 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 you, and if you upset them, then you're, you're on top of the world. So that's my mini rant. Um, and then we can, uh, we can move on down to the, the bottom half of this bracket here, Dave. I like, you know, I know that's the, it's the slash and it's, I'm always, you know, reluctant to take the slash game too far, but I like Wichita state and yeah. I like Drake and I like Drake. So I actually, I actually have, you know, whatever team emerges from that. I, yeah. I think, it, I think it will be Drake. I have Drake. I have Drake going pretty deep. I haven't beaten USC. I haven't beaten Kansas. Um, and I think, you know, if it's, that's Wichita state, Kansas, even better. That's a great, that's a great move by the, by the, by the committee here. Um, that game is really compelling. If it gets to that, um, the, the other one was the Illinois Loyola potential matchup, which we'll get to. Um, and then I kind of, uh, I kind of continued to go minor upsets here. I, I did take VCU over Oregon. Um, I, I think, I think they have, they have really met, meshed and gelled as a, as a team. Um, and then you also have Iowa down there and I like Iowa a lot, man. I took Iowa um, I'll spoil some things here, but I take Iowa all the way to the final four in my bracket. Um, I got Iowa really Woo. rolling through this side. I thought they looked really good against Illinois in the Big Ten Championship. Wow. Okay, so we completely differed on this uh, part of the bracket. I, uh, I stayed up late one night in Nashville and, and caught some Southern Cal. I've watched them a few times this year. They're completely inconsistent. Uh, nothing would shock me if they lose in the first round. So, of course, I have them going to the Sweet 16, beating, uh, <laughs> beating Wichita State or Drake, whoever it is. Um, Kansas, I got them winning one game. Evan Mobley is such a stud for USC. He's going to be a lottery pick. So I've got the Trojans beating Kansas then. And then I, I really like Oregon. I, I just like what they've done this year. Uh, Dana Altman's a really good tournament coach. He'll have a plan figured out for VCU. And then I've got Oregon beating Iowa, too. I've got Oregon beating USC. So I've got Oregon in the Elite Eight against Gonzaga. A, a great uh, game for out west in the west region. It's perfect. How about Gonzaga, too? They've already beaten this year the two, the three, and the four seed. These are all rematches for them, but they have not played Oregon. Oregon will lose, and I've got Gonzaga in the final four. Wow. Okay. All right. So let's flip it. You want to go? Uh, you want to go down or across here? You want to go east? Go or down. You want to go? Okay, we're going down to east. Um, I like Michigan, of course, in that first game. Um, I like St. Bonaventure against LSU. I just don't trust LSU. They're so bipolar. I, I saw that team lose to lose to to St. Louis University early in the year. I know they're playing better, but they're they're to me the team that could just very well show up and not yep. shoot. Them. You know, yep. in a weird setting after a week of, of hanging out in the hotel, Will Wade is getting mad about people talking about the fact that he's a huge cheater, which is <laughs> like he didn't think he was going to come up. Like, come on, Will. Um, he sucks. Uh, I, I think I hope St. Bonaventure wins this. And I got, I got the Bonnies uh, uh, actually beating Michigan. Wow. Um, that sets up a, uh, a game there against Colorado. So I got Colorado over Georgetown. And I got Florida State um, over UNC Greensboro, um, and then I've got uh, I, I, I kind of the same thing with with the slash line, man. I think Michigan State has a chance to just play with with house money throughout this whole tournament. Um, so I, I took Michigan State um, coming out of uh, that game against UCLA, also beating BYU, um, and then I 
I have Texas beating Abilene Christian, UConn over Maryland, and then I got Alabama over Iona. And then from that from that bracket, I'm basically riding Alabama the whole way. Dave, yeah. I got out. I, I talked myself into Alabama going to the national championship. I don't really know how that happened. I just kept picking them and picking them, and then they, there they were. I think they have a great path. Um, I'm all chalk in the first round, except for St. Bonaventure. I've got them beating LSU. I don't trust LSU. They've got enough talent to win that region, but they won't. Um, and then I've got everybody else, the, the lower seed winning, the better seed winning. I've got Florida State beating Colorado and then beating Michigan. And as I've got Florida State and Alabama in the regional final, I, I, I like Leonard Hamilton's program. He just, they, they just got a ton of athletes. I think they're the tallest team in the field. That's got to pay off some way. Michigan's a little banged up. They don't have Isaiah livers. Uh, I'm with you on Alabama though. I've got them in the final four. They are rolling. They're so good on both sides of the, of the floor. I think Nate Oates is a superstar coach. I just, I really do. I think he is the next big thing in college basketball. I voted for him for national coach of the year. Um, I, I keep seeing his name kind of thrown around with like the Indiana job. Like, why would he want to go there? He can win. He can win a championship at Alabama. And who yep. cares if you take its backseat to, uh, to Nick Saban? It's not a backseat if you win the championship. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he is a, a star, not a rising star. He's a star in, in coaching. So I've got Gonzaga and Alabama in the final four. Yeah, I got Michigan State going all the way up to that game against Alabama. And then I got, I got it coming down to Colorado and Alabama and Alabama beating them to to emerge out of, out of that side of the bracket. Um, let's flip it. Let's flip it to the top here. Let's go south. Um, okay. This is pretty easy for me. I got, I think I, I got Baylor, spoiler alert, I got Baylor winning the national championship. So I got Baylor running all the way out of this one. Um, I don't like North Carolina or Wisconsin. I did take, uh, I did take North Carolina, but then immediately losing to Baylor. My, my sneaky pick here, and this one is everyone's, uh, Winthrop is really good. Yeah, I, I think these are the kind of teams that are going to be dangerous in this tournament. A team like, in some ways, Illinois, um, one that had the tournament grabbed from it last last year, and it, it had guys return because it means so much to them. Um, Winthrop, Winthrop, this will mean a lot too. So I don't think they'll have to worry about motivation or anything like that. Um, I did pick Purdue to lose to Winthrop, but I regret it because. Purdue to me, Dave, the more I think about it, is that team that no one has talked about. You have not talked about Purdue. No one has all year, but they're sneaky good. They got a great coach and painter. It would not surprise me at all if we're talking about everyone overlooking Purdue and having them wind up in, in you know, even maybe the, even the final four. I, I feel like we've, we've probably not talked about Purdue enough. And then looking at the, the lower half of this thing, um, I kind of fell in love with Arkansas, man. I just I kept <laughs> found myself picking them again and again. They were so hot late in the year and kind of gets back to my point. I was talking about this with my buddy, Brendan Weesey, who I do radio with on 550. He's the biggest college basketball nut I know. And he's, his point is like in this setting where you have to create your own energy, where there's not going to be the big, you know, the, the fans. And I think teams that play a unique style, he said that, and I totally agree with what he said. It might have an advantage. Arkansas has some athletes. They're bouncy. They've, they've played so well. I can see them maybe catching, catching a groove yeah. and, and really running. So I got, I got a, I got the final game out of this one is Baylor and Arkansas. And I got, I got Baylor beating Arkansas. But I took Arkansas all the way. I even have them beating Ohio state. Um, I think Florida wins a game and then loses to Ohio state, but I got the Razorbacks over the Buckeyes. I think we have the same exact 
bracket, except I have Arkansas beating Baylor. Um, and I, <laughs> so you took him. You took him even further. I don't, and, I, and I'm not an SEC honk. I've already got Alabama in the Final Four. It's not an SEC thing, and I've probably seen Arkansas more than any other team in this field, other than Missouri. Um, I, and I agree with I agree with Weesey. This the energy thing. Musselman's a nut. Like he is right. kind of crazy, <laughs> and I, he'll fire them up. I I, I love Moses Moody. Um, you know, the, the talent is pretty good there. He just kind of brings all these guys together, transfers from all over the place. It's kind of his MO and it's, it's working for him. I don't, and I think they've got a pretty clear path. I, Ohio state, I don't trust. I think they can beat anybody in the country. I think they can come out kind of flat to nothing about Florida or even Texas tech. I think Chris Beard's a heck of a coach, but that team is, I've seen them a bunch this year, not wild about them. Purdue, I think is, Sneaky good, good description. Um, and Baylor is is so solid. And I just I, I kind of just didn't want to pick another one seed. So I, I went with Arkansas. Don't love the pick, but really like how they played down the stretch. Yeah, we're pretty similar there. And I, we might be pretty similar here, too. This is the orange side of the bracket, the Midwest, yes. which I, I heard, uh, I think someone asked Rick Barnes today. I saw this on Twitter where is he worried about his team passing it to the wrong team? So many teams <laughs> in orange, which... I guess we're to that point of the press conferences <laughs> where the, those questions get, get asked, but it, this is the orange side of the bracket. All these orange teams, of course, Illinois, the one seed and hard earned. I mean, the Illini from the team that lost to Missouri in the bragging rights game, um, what a climb that they made. They peaked at the right time. They've got, I would say one of if not the best players in the country in Iowa DeSumo. Um, Kofi Coburn is a is a is a large and in charge man who's playing well, and their other guards have emerged too. Um, they've just gotten better as the year went along, and they look they just look totally confident. And you saw that in the of course the their run to the Big Ten tournament championship. They're upset about the um, the fact they didn't win the regular conference title, but none of that matters now. This is a chance to win something much more important. I like where they are in this bracket. But I, I gotta tell you, man, that if they end up playing Loyola, and I bet they will, that might be one of the better games in this tournament. Neither of these teams wants to lose to the other. Loyola's got an impressive big man um, that can that can battle with Coburn. That could be a great game. I do have Illinois taking care of Loyola um, to emerge from this. The other teams I'm liking in this, in this bracket, I, I took Tennessee, um, I got them losing to Illinois. I just I've seen them be too good, Dave, um, to to not play well in this tournament. Um, they 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 have been a goofy team, kind of like Missouri. I mean, yeah. Tennessee beat Missouri in Columbia by twenty in the SEC opener. I thought there might not be another team in the country that can play like this. Well, then they've lost their way and they they never really found it. But if if Rick Barnes can get his team back to its true self, I think they could be dangerous in this thing. I don't think they're good enough to beat this version of Illinois. The bottom half of this bracket, I like Houston. Um, I think Clemson is good, but I really like West Virginia. Um, I almost talked myself into West Virginia beating Illinois. They played a tough Big 12, kind of like what you said, you and I said earlier about the about the unique styles and energy, perhaps having a bigger impact on this tournament. West Virginia, of course, is that the one thing to watch with West Virginia, it's defense, not quite as tough as it has been yeah. in the past, but they I think they're a little better offensively and they have a potential to score some more points. So anyway, I got, I got, I got up this side of the bracket boiling down to Illinois and West Virginia, Illinois winning. I got Illinois in the final four. 
with Baylor against Baylor. Baylor beats Illinois. And then I've got Iowa and Alabama in the other half with Alabama beating Iowa, which sets up an Alabama-Baylor national championship with Baylor winning 80 to 79. Um, take me through your Midwest and tell me how it ends, Dave. My Midwest, and first of all, a, a huge seeding mistake, putting Loyola as an eight. I, I, I th- They wanted was, the matchup. They wanted was, Illinois to play him. I mean, come on. Still, though, complete injustice. The selection committee set this up. It's a terrible injustice because they, they were, say what you will about Ken Palm, they were a top 10 Ken Palm team. Which, which means something. It, when, you, when you seed a team that poorly, that's unfair to their opponent because now Georgia Tech is a nine, is actually playing like a six. And that's not right. for Georgia Tech deserves better than that. And then Illinois, if Illinois wins, Illinois should get to play an eight or a nine in the second round. Instead, they're playing like a five or a six. And that's, it's not right. So you screw it up on multiple levels there. Great game. I mean, it could be huge. It's, you know, an in-state, I don't want to call it a rivalry because I don't think they really play, but um, – it, it's a huge game for the tournament, but it's it shouldn't be that way based on what Loyola did this year. They shouldn't have to play Illinois in the second round, but still like Illinois. That being said, um, I'm not wild about Tennessee, especially we don't know what's going on with John Fulkerson. Like he took those shots to the head in that Florida He'll game. Be back. He's He'll be, be back. He'll be um, back. He 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 may be. Um, but I, the only reason I really don't like Tennessee is because Oklahoma State has been so impressive. I mean, they, they've got serious Carmelo Anthony, Syracuse vibes with Cade Cunningham. Um, I could see them making a run. Wouldn't shock me if they beat Tennessee. And then it wouldn't shock me if they give Illinois a really good game in our, in our orange uh, region here. But I still have Illinois moving on. I'm with you. I got West Virginia. I just trust them a little bit more than Houston. I got to be honest, I haven't really seen Houston a lot this year. Kelvin Sampson's a, a damn good coach who could run just about any program on this bracket. Um, but I love Huggy Bear. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Bob Huggins fan. I, I think he, uh, he got screwed again by the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's not a finalist. I don't know how that's possible. I don't, I don't know how there is. I've been to the Hall of Fame in Springfield, Mass. I don't understand how that place exists without Bob Huggins as already a member. And again, another year where he's not a finalist. It, it makes zero sense to me. So, and I don't think he probably cares that much, or at least he won't publicly, but maybe getting to the final four will help his, uh, his accolades a little bit there. Not that he needs any help. That being said, I still have Illinois winning. Um, so I've got Illinois beating Arkansas and I don't think that's even a close game. Um, it's chalk for me. I've got Illinois Gonzaga in the championship game and I've got Illinois winning a uh, nail biter. You got I Illinois winning it all. I do. I do. And I, and I would not have said that back in December, December 12th, when we saw them at Mizzou arena, because I thought it was, it was IO playing hero ball and everybody else kind of watching him, but they have really developed those freshmen aren't freshmen anymore. Kofi is as good as any big man in the country. And I think Brad Underwood, he's just, he's punching all the right buttons. I mean, he has got that team locked in. It's a joke that he's not a finalist for national coach of the year. I think he loses points because he's got two of the best players. So it's like, no, the best coach is the guy who doesn't have the best players. Well, that's crap. He's done a great job. He deserves to be on that list. I still think Nate Oates is the national coach of the year, but Underwood should be up there. And, and he's done just a great job with this team. Great talent, but you still got to coach him. Um, you know, Nick Saban's a great coach, even though he has the best talent every year. So, yeah, I, I still like Illinois. I remember Brad saying after that loss at Missouri, saying, "We I don't want Iowa to score this many points in a game yeah. because it means other guys are standing around watching him. Well, 
that was pretty poetic because now Iowa scores the, the most important points in the game. Right. <laughs> and everybody else helps in, which that's exactly what he was talking about. So credit to him for seeing the road they were going down and saying, no, no, um, let's let's take an alternative path that's made them a better team. And and my God, a lot of coaches would be better coaches if they did have a player like Io. Right. Um, he's the kind of player Missouri lacks. And what I mean by that is the kind of guy who wants the ball in his hands when the clock is winding down. Um, you know, no one has to tell. I love the line from Conzo when he told Drew Smith against Florida, you know, be the guy you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, it was great. It was a great, great thing to say to a player in a huddle who needed to hear that and responded accordingly. But here's the thing. No one has to tell Io that. Yeah. Um, you know, Io's thinking if someone else touches this ball, I'm going to cut off their hands <laughs> in that moment. And that's, right. exactly, that's exactly what you want from a player there. And those guys, Dave, they thrive in March. We've seen Kimba Walker do it. Um, we, we've seen, you know, we've seen these stars emerge and they, they, they're built for this. And remember, this Illinois team, they had the, the tournament in their sights. They had played so well last year. They did the same thing last year. People forget this. They hit their stride and they peaked. And then there was nothing to play for. And, and they feel like this is their, their chance at redemption. Teams that have motivation are going to be the teams that go deep this year. So I like your pick. I think Baylor is – I think Baylor's really good, and I like their defense. Um, I just I don't know how I got Alabama in there. Um, I just did. I just kept picking them, and then then they were. Yeah. So it makes me really feel better good. that you're taking them deep too. So, um, and I'm with you. I like Nate Oates, and I'll, I think for me it was part this. And I, this is not a scientific thing. Clearly, I like that Nate Oates had the um, onions since it's March, Bill Rafferty style, to to, to stick it to Coach K. Oh, yeah. He's trying to pour a big bucket of cold water on this college basketball season. Um, I like that NATO stood up and said, he didn't say it perfectly. And he probably would have worded it differently. And he had to issue some fake apology about, you know, stepping on coach K's toes, but he raised the point of would coach K be trying to pull the plug on college basketball. If he didn't have a, didn't have such a bad team this year, NATO has a really good team, a team that can win the national championship. And I'm actually appreciative that he kind of stuck up for, for the teams that wanted to play because the teams that are in this tournament, they do want to be there and they, uh, and they, and they earn the right to be there. So that's why I got, that's why I have, uh, that's why I have Alabama making it in part and I got Baylor winning it all. At some point we got to do a podcast about all the trickle down effects that are going to happen from this college basketball season and the coaching changes that are going to take place, Dave, because it's going to be fascinating to see whose careers get made and, and broken in this tournament with already one huge change going on at, at Indiana. This is going to be a fascinating tournament for the coaching carousel. But I wanted to end on this, not on a negative note, but what do you think we're going to see here in this tournament when it comes to this newest conversation that's happening? We, some players from across different teams have said, hey, we, we might use the NCAA tournament to raise awareness about the fact that this is a big money maker for schools, for the NCAA, but it's not a big money maker for college athletes I've been covering Cardinals baseball like crazy. What's going on with this? And, and what could we see in these games, if anything? Yeah, well, a hashtag emerged, I guess it was on Wednesday on Twitter. Hashtag not NCAA property. And uh, this was started, I believe, Geo Baker. He's a player for Rutgers. Um, he had been on a conference call, I think, over the summer when a lot of this uh, student-athlete activism started. And this is not in relation to, you know, Black Lives Matter or social justice. This is more about student athlete empowerment. 
and they have taken it up a notch here leading up to the tournament. Um, the National College Players Association, this is one of those advocacy groups that works with these college athletes, um, lawyers essentially, that want to kind of provide a platform for them. They put out a statement earlier tonight. I'm reading this off of Ralph Russo's uh, Twitter, the, the great college sports AP writer. And basically this statement is saying these, these players from 15 teams that are in the tournament have launched a protest against NCAA rules that deny college athletes equal freedoms and basic protections. They're, they're calling for four things mainly. Number one, an NCAA rule change to allow athletes the freedom to secure representation agents essentially and receive pay for our name, image, and likeness by July 1st. We heard all of this about the NCAA was going to eventually adapt some kind of name, image, likeness policy and legislation, but they just keep dragging their feet on this. And we're kind of running up to the point now where some states and their state legislations, including Florida as one of the leaders, California too, um, they're going to put some laws into effect before the NCAA can act. So these athletes are taking upon themselves to demand some, uh, some rule changes here. Number two, a, a meeting with NCAA president, Mark Emmert, uh, not asking for a whole lot there. Good grief. Three uh, meetings with state and federal lawmakers and president Biden's administration to pass laws, to give college athletes, physical academic and financial protections Cory Booker, the uh, senator from New Jersey, has been a huge advocate of uh, student athlete rights and protections. So I, I, I have to imagine he'll be involved here. And for a Supreme Court to the, a ruling, they're calling for the Supreme Court to, to rule on the Alston versus NCAA case, uh, which involves um, the NCAA to not give the NCAA any power to deny us equal freedoms. Uh, as part of the protest, the NCPA, that's this advocacy group, will arrange panel discussions with college athletes and experts to discuss some unjust rules. Um, they're using this hashtag to underscore their concern that the NCAA too often treats college athletes like dollar signs rather than people. Uh, there are multiple teams are going to protest during the tournament. It doesn't say exactly how. Are we talking about players sitting out? I, I don't think we'll see that. Rutgers is in the tournament for the first time in like, I don't know, close to 20 years. I, I don't think they're going to sit out. As we tape this, I, I have heard nothing that Missouri is one of these 15 teams that's, a, that's involved in it. Uh, I would imagine Conzo Martin, just knowing him, would support anything like this and would want the best for these athletes. But um, that's basically all I, I really know about it for right now. But this is definitely going to be a story to – to monitor here. And it's going to be weird to monitor because we're all going to be monitoring on Twitter basically because there's not going to be any in-person interviews or press conferences in Indianapolis this week. It's all via Zoom. So um, we'll see how it all unfolds. Yeah, curious that the uh, some of those some of those requests seem pretty pretty normal. You don't get to tell the Supreme Court what to do. Nobody does. So right. might have scratched that one. But they're putting pressure on Mark Emmert because he has slow played this thing time and time again. Um, as soon as he gets heat from lawmakers, he rushes out and say, no, we're working on this on our own. We don't need you guys right. to meddle. And then he stops and nothing happens. And then when it gets fired up again, they want to make change. So if you're trying to get attention, now is the absolutely perfect time to do it as all of the nation focuses its attention on college basketball. We'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I, I, I hope people listen to their message um, I hope they I hope they they don't protest by not playing because I think it would probably hurt their message more than uh, more yeah. than drawing attention to it and playing. 
it's their call. They're the ones on the court. Um, I can't hit a free throw, so I, I can't uh, I can't judge. Curious to see how that develops, Dave, and looking forward to your coverage from Indianapolis. You will be there covering Mizzou. It'll be an interesting experience covering, I'm sure, but I'm glad you're going to be there in person for, uh, for stltoday.com and also the pages of the Post-Dispatch. One more reminder for folks, if you think you can beat Dave and I in our bracket, very easy. Go to stltoday.com. You cannot miss the landing page for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch Million Dollar Bracket Ball 2021 edition. Sign up, really easy. Send it to your friends. You can print it out. Um, you can uh, you can brag when you beat us. You can make fun of our picks, and it will be a grand time had by all. Happy March Madness, everybody. Very glad it's back. We've weathered the storm. It's going to be weird, but it will be better than nothing at all. Dave, any wise words about March before we uh, before we go? Well, I'm going to tell you, you need to get on your, your housemate, Derek Gould, to fill out his bracket so the, the <laughs> fans can beat him too. And, and Kamish, Rick Hummel, I know he watches college basketball. He, he emails me all the time about the Tigers and college <laughs> basketball. So they need to get they need to get on the internets and do theirs too. We got to reach out to our friends covering the blues and Tom T and JT and uh, get the bosses involved. I know they're busy, but, but they can take a few minutes out to fill out a bracket. And uh, I'd like and to come up with a friendly them. wager for the staff. Like there has to be some sort of, uh, there has to be some sort of, of bet that we could put on this. I'm trying to think like, um, you know, maybe, uh, Maybe maybe the person who loses or has the worst score has to do everybody's like chat recap for the week. Oh wow! I thought you're gonna say expense, I thought you're gonna say expense reports. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. To, oh God! God! God forbid that someone had to do my spring training expense reports. That would be. Uh, I would never wish that upon anyone. Maybe that's pretty. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, I like that. Maybe that's the gauntlet that we throw down. I will make sure that Derek and uh, and Rick get on board. Kamish, he loves college basketball as much as anybody in the world. Like it's literally like you are up there. My buddy Brendan, who I mentioned, Rick Hummel is probably at least as Tony LaRusso would say, tied for first. Tied for first. I'll give I'll give DG a shout out though, man. We were watching the bracket reveal down here, and he saw Gonzaga one, saw the saw the you know the side, and he said, "Oh, this will be Missouri's region, and they're going to be in the, on the eight nine. And I thought, well, I think they might have played their way off the eight nine. Well, sure as bleep, the next the next team that was announced was Missouri and Oklahoma. Go. So he called it. So maybe he should fill it out, and maybe he's got the uh, the magic touch so far uh, this March. We'll see, man. Encourage folks to jump in there and enjoy it. It's fun. Have fun. And Dave, travel safe. I will see you eventually here when we're uh, when we're both back at something around Mizzou. But until then, travel safe, write well, have fun, and we will uh, talk to everybody. Um, I guess we probably uh, will see how the game goes if we're back for another podcast next week. Um, so stay tuned on that. And thanks for everybody who does listen. If you're trying to find the podcast or want to find more, stltoday.com slash podcast. Go to iTunes, wherever you find your podcast. Point in I on the Tigers. You can find us there. For Dave, I'm Ben. Enjoy the games. Happy March Madness, everybody.